Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. Big day. The Federal Reserve is coming out and announcing the next rate hike. Or maybe a pause. Maybe will it be 25 basis points? Will it be 50 basis points? And probably more importantly, what are the ramifications for the market? And what might the Fed be overlooking that could have a catastrophic impact. Let's go right into the CNBC story first and determine kind of what we're dealing with, what the market is predicting. And then we'll try to take that and look at some things that are happening behind the scenes that I don't think the Fed is paying attention to that might lead you to believe or increase the probabilities that if they do increase interest rates today, even by 25 basis points, that it could have a massive negative impact on the global economy. Let's get right into CNBC. Check this out. Headline here. Here's everything the Federal Reserve is expected to do Wednesday. Key talking point. They're expected to raise interest rates by a quarter point. That's what the market is predicting. So the range now will be from 475 to 5%. And to be clear, this is going to, I'm not sure when you're watching this, if you're on the live stream right now, the Fed is going to announce this, I believe, at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So it's about an hour. I think what will be more important is actually the interview or the uh, statement of the press Jerome Powell makes after the rate decision comes out. So next talking point, the Fed could alter its post-meeting statement from saying ongoing increases may be more appropriate to something that suggests a less certain outlook. So raised by 25 basis points, but have more of a dovish tone. And I'm sure that whatever Powell says, he's going to do his best to try to instill confidence in a system that, as you guys know well, is built on confidence. That's really the only glue that holds the whole thing together. It's not liquidity. It's not dollars. It's not any of this stuff. The banks, if they wanted to, could create all the liquidity and dollars the system needs. It's that they won't because there isn't enough confidence that if they do create those dollars that are required, they'll actually get paid back. That's the key. So anything the Fed does, if it doesn't instill enough confidence to get us back up to running on all eight cylinders, which I would argue none of this does. In fact, I would argue that a lot of this is uh, creates less confidence in the system because the Fed is coming out and saying, okay, we'll go ahead and backstop the market by some sort of bank lending or bank term funding program. I think that's their most recent facility. But that just signals to the market that it is so fragile, they need to actually come up with that facility. So if you're a lender out there, if you're the one that's responsible for taking risk, providing liquidity, if you see the Fed set up a facility, does that make you more nervous or less nervous? I think there's an argument for both. Getting back to the key talking points, Fed officials will release their projections for unemployment, inflation, GDP. I don't think that's a big deal. Jerome Powell post-meeting news conference will also attract much attention. I think this will probably attract more attention than even the rate hike, assuming that he does 25 basis points. If he does zero or 50, then it's going to be hold on tight <laughs> because I think the market would be way off sides with either of those outcomes. Now let's get into what the Fed or their blind spot. And for this, I've got to give a huge shout out to my good buddy, Jeff Snyder. If you're not listening to his podcast or watching his YouTube channel, you need to definitely put that on your to-do list. So Josh, do me a favor and pull up the swap lines between the United, between the Fed and the Swiss National Bank. Now, 
because Jeff pointed this out, uh, we've actually been following this on the Rebel Capitals channel for probably the last six months. I'm sure many of you remember several videos that we have done on this topic. And about six months ago, this swap line started to see some use. And it only lasted about a week or a week and a half. But we saw the counterparties increase. And then we also saw the dollar amount that was being utilized from these swap lines increase from week to week to week. And I don't know how long, what is this, maybe three or four weeks it increased, Josh? Yeah. You can see, yeah, okay, thanks. By the numbers that Josh is pulling up, actually the utilization that we're referring to. And Snyder pointed out, I think, and he just nailed it, that when you see this, you don't know exactly what's happening. It's very similar to the inversion of the yield curve. You don't know what signal, you don't know what warning this is giving you, or you don't know why the market is giving you this warning. You just know that it is a warning and that something is going on beneath the surface that ain't good. It's just like that example or that analogy of the tsunami we use. When it's way out there at sea, you have this massive force of devastation and it's coming at you at 500 miles per hour, but you can't see it. You don't know where it's going to hit. You don't know how much of an impact it's going to have. But if you have a little signal buoy out there in the ocean, it reads the force of that wave that's underneath the surface coming at you and it sends you a signal. And this is what swap line utilization is. And it's, it's to a large degree, a very powerful indicator, obviously the inversion of the yield curve. So based on what Jeff was saying, this came onto my radar and I started paying attention to it. Josh is paying attention to it. And what's fascinating is you'll see just over the last week or two, what has happened and you guys, guessed it. It's not tough to figure out, but the swap lines have been utilized once again. And this is before the Fed came out the other day and said what they're changing the swap lines by just making it daily instead of weekly, which is you know kind of a, a pretty much a nothing burger, but they just wanted to get out that message that they've got the market. Again, they're just trying to instill psychological confidence because I think at the end of the day, they know that's the only thing that is holding this system together. And that's something that they can't print. They try, but at the end of the day, you can't print confidence in the global monetary system. So Jeff had an incredible insight the other day. And he said, listen, if you go back to the first time that these swap lines are being utilized, or not the first time, but back six months ago, he said, initially, he said, me included, I thought this might have been Credit Suisse because we know that they're in trouble. But he said, what he did is he looked at their balance sheet and the activity. And he did some forensic type of like CSI, like ninja research. And he saw <laughs> that their allocation to repo, as far as them providing liquidity, went from like $150 billion day or a week down to like $50 billion during the time frame when six months ago, those swap lines started to get utilized. So basically his conclusion was this wasn't Credit Suisse be needing a bailout. This is other banks that went to Credit Suisse. Credit Suisse is having problems, therefore, and they see additional counterparty risk. So they're not willing to provide the liquidity. So these other banks are going straight to the Swiss National Bank. And since we have seen Credit Suisse in serious trouble over the last three weeks. You would assume that those other counterparties, 
that relied on them would have to go back to the Swiss National Bank if things weren't fixed in the global monetary system. And based on the chart Josh is showing, that's exactly what we saw. Over the last three weeks, those swap lines have been utilized as most likely Credit Suisse has to pull back on the amount of liquidity they're providing in the repo market. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Since the government had made it every single day, these are daily swap lines. The reason why this data just came up is because this was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So this okay. data actually looks a bit worse because we're not seeing the weekly uh, aggregate total of all the swap line usage. This well, is looks happening. better. It doesn't look worse. Yeah, that's what I mean. It like it, it looks better than this. But if because we, we're seeing daily daily totals, we're not seeing weekly totals. Correct. Yeah, great point. So who knows for for this first week, the accumulation or the aggregate total of swap line use may be right on par or even higher than what we saw six months ago. Taking this back to our original topic of discussion, which is the Federal Reserve and them hiking interest rates by most likely 25 basis points today. This along with the discount window going from zero up to basically 160 billion. And keep in mind during the GFC, it was right around 100 billion. So we're way higher utilization of the discount window, which is an indication of some serious, serious cracks in the system. You combine that with the change in the swap lines, even if it is psychological, you combine that with the fact that just today, Josh was telling me that if they only go up 25 basis points, the four-week treasury is trading with a yield 100 basis points lower than reverse repo, which you guys know from watching my videos is the floor or the facility, the mechanism the Fed uses to put a floor on overnight rates. That reverse repo right now, probably 4.5. It'll probably jump up to 4.75. And the four-month T-bill is trading, well, not 100 basis points, but about 75 basis points, assuming that reverse repo goes up to 4.75. Right now, as we speak, I'm assuming that's real-time, Josh. We've got about 4.06 on a one-month treasury. And what's staggering is we know the Fed will most likely increase rates, but yet the yield on that one month still has just plummeted over the last few days. So this is another indicator that the amount of perceived counterparty risk in the system is exploding higher because that is the number one source of quote-unquote pristine collateral. And when you see demand for that collateral increase, 
That means the collateral multiplier most likely going down. Why would it go down? Because all those dealers are far more risk averse because they see the cracks in the system that we're talking about. They're freaking out. They're panicking. They're taking less risk. They see that tsunami coming right at the shore. Probably they have a better look at it than we do. And they definitely have better, more accurate data. And so this is just kind of without them coming out on CNBC and saying, hey, we're freaking out. This is one of the ways that you can tell the degree to which they are freaking out. Because again, what's interesting here, and you guys probably know this from watching my whiteboard videos, is when you have counterparty risk increasing, the amount of collateral you have available actually decreases, even if there are more treasuries that Janet Yellen is creating at the auction. Let's keep in mind, she's not creating much because of that debt ceiling, right? So that's another thing that's exacerbating this problem. In fact, they, that might be the, the, the biggest reason why we're seeing this stress in the system. Obviously, there's tons of variables, but that might be one of the biggest variables, ironically enough, is that Janet Yellen isn't creating enough debt, isn't creating enough treasuries, because unfortunately, U.S. debt is also the pristine collateral that the global monetary system needs to function. So anyway, when that increase, when that counterparty risk increases, then the amount of collateral decreases because the multiplier decreases significantly because of that rehypothecation process. Usually that one piece of collateral is used 10, 20 times, but in times of extreme risk, they're going to pull that right back to where they're not rehypothecating it. So that means that the pool shrinks as well, which is what you would expect when you see the yield or the price of those treasuries explode, the yield plummet, the price explode. So I think these are blind spots, most likely for Jerome Powell. He's probably simply looking at the banking crisis that we've seen and saying, oh, well, the Swiss, they got that covered with UBS. We stepped in and set up this facility. So that's going to backstop any of the, the dumb, uh, stupid Valley banks, which I've been calling them on my whiteboard video. The banks that basically didn't hedge properly were just completely negligent with the asset and the liability side of their balance sheet. So we've set up that facility that's going to solve that problem. The FDIC is increasing the amount they're charging the banks. So that's going to cover any additional depositors that may have an issue if we have some of these regional banks go bust. And then at the end of the day, the unemployment rate is still 3.5% or very low. And we see the balance sheet for the consumer very strong. And we see the month-to-month inflation actually ticking up. And at the end of the day, I want to be remembered as Paul Volcker and not Arthur Burns. I think that's probably the biggest driver of today's rate hike decision. So I think he's just focusing on those surface level data points that you just hear on CNBC without going into the detail that we can see by analyzing the yield on the one month, by analyzing the swap lines, the new utilization from the uh, banks trying to access dollars from the Swiss National Bank because they can't get them from Credit Suisse anymore. Going back six months, you combine that with the inversion of the curve, which for whatever reason, the Fed is just completely ignoring. And uh, you've got the same type of recipe that we saw during the GFC, where the regulators, the central bankers, they thought subprime was contained based on their surface level data points because they failed to look underneath into the nuance to discover or to to pay attention to that buoy that's out in the middle of the ocean 
that's telling you that that tsunami is coming right at you at 500 miles per hour. So we'll do some more videos today, guys, based on the decision. We'll assume it's going to be 25 basis points. But uh, until that time, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. Uh, if you're wondering, I'm wearing a sling because I dislocated my shoulder this weekend and I had a, a severe dislocation of the shoulder and a minor concussion, which is why I'm kind of at half mental capacity right now. It's why we haven't done too many videos, but uh, getting to the tail end of that, getting better mentally and the shoulder is probably going to take a few months. But uh, so if you see me in a sling with future videos, you'll know why. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next video.